my name is Brian Quentin Webb. According to my parents, and I don't know this is, if this is true, I was adopted in Long Beach, California. And my parents' home was about a, is about a two-hour drive north in Palos Verdes, California. And um, they knew what my they wanted my first name to be when they adopted me, but they weren't certain about my middle name. And between the adoption center or the hospital where I was adopted, I was adopted as a baby, and my parents' home is the exit for San Quentin Prison. I am named after, in part, a very famous correctional facility in California. Who am I? I am a 40, mid-40s, well, I don't like saying my, my age out loud, a middle-aged, um, tall, fat, one-legged fat man from Los Angeles living in Taipei, Taiwan. I love telling stories. I love taking pictures. I love technology, especially personal technology. I love being obnoxiously funny, if I can, if I can manage it. I love being around people who aren't offended very easily and aren't afraid to try and offend me, because that's really funny. Um, I love kids, especially my own kids, and experiencing with them as an adult the same cool things that I experienced and was made fun of for loving to experience as a child. Um, I love traveling, going places, and just seeing new things and, and meeting new people. I, I try to get the most out of life that I can but without being one of those, I, I don't know how to put it. I'm gluten-free and I climbed a mountain today sort of people. I'm not that. I love hamburgers and I love meat and I love collapsing and watching TV. But at the same time, I love going to visit cultural sites and, and meet people and things like that. Okay, so family structure. Um, I am the first of my father and my mother. My parents divorced when I was 12, uh, and my dad remarried, so I still have a stepmother. My parents' level generation are all African-American. My, my dad, my mom, my stepmom, my cousins, my aunts, my uncles. Um, uh, my mom's from Virginia, West Virginia. My dad's from Alabama. They met, and all their families, for the most part, live in Ohio now. The reason I was adopted is that my mother, the first time she got pregnant, the fertilized egg stopped in the fallopian tube and started to develop, and she had, a, she had to have that fallopian tube removed, and then they adopted me. A year or two afterwards, she tried to get pregnant again, and I had a brother for a few weeks. His name was Garrick, and he passed away. But shortly after that, they adopted my sister. I'm mixed and my sister's mixed. Um, and that's because at the time, there was kind of a, even though it was no longer kind of codified into law, when it came to family placement for adopted children, there's still kind of a one drop rule where if you were one drop of anything but white, you were that thing. I, w I was very, both my sister and I were very lucky to be adopted in that most families 
most parents like to adopt as close to them as possible. And so being mixed and being adopted, I was really lucky I didn't end up as an orphan. And, and the same with my sister. The, the, the thing that affected me, I guess, the most growing up, especially where I grew up, was kind of just being mixed. Now it's a little bit different because there are just so many interracial relationships and so many mixed kids. I guess, I guess the focus has moved from being mixed adopted to being like gay adopted as to what people are pissed off at <laughs> or whatever the hot button thing is with, with regards to children. But um, it, it's, it was a situation uh, at least through the 70s and the 80s where you're not white enough to be white and you're not black enough to be black. We would go to, do you know uh, BHA, Black Heritage Association? We would go to, they were donors, we went to events and stuff, and no one ever played with me. <laughs> Seriously, they would, we would start off as a group, okay, kids, you go over there and play, and I was kind of always left alone. Up until college, I really didn't have a lot of personal relationships. I didn't have a lot of friends. I had maybe like three or four core friends, and that was basically it. My friends were also kind of like the outcasts from other groups. Um, people who were like, um, you know, immigrant family, kids, um, things like that. <laughs> the one white guy in my group of friends was the son of an Icelandic uh, diplomat of some sort. And so he had a really strong accent, was really like tall and big. And, you know, that was what kind of isolated him from everyone else. <laughs> But yeah, I, that's, that, that's what affected me the most, I guess. That, that, that difficulty in finding a group for yourself. And, and the fact that I was adopted never bothered me. Uh, I just, I, I, I have, I'm very, very lucky to have grown up with a family around me that I did. My parents were just very big on giving me experiences that making sure I was exposed to everything beyond just black stuff, white suburbia stuff, you know? I went to communist Romania. My, my sister's gymnastics team was invited to practice with her national team. And I spent um, a few weeks there. Um, they, they allowed me to do um, a student exchange to England where I discovered that cider is not just apple juice and that the pub age is 14. <laughs> the biggest thing I try and pass from, from what I learned growing up in my family to my own children is to just give them as many experiences as possible. Don't focus on getting high grades so much. Don't focus on, on you know, I don't shove them into cram schools and... and, and Oh, you have to know music and you have to know math and you have to know this. I, we just, we take that money and spend it on a bus trip to a farm outside the city where they can pick their own vegetables or next weekend they're going to make their own lightsabers. We're going to a maker studio, a Taipei maker studio, and they're going to make their own lightsabers. And um, my, one of my kids and I are putting together some raspberry pie stuff in, in, our, in, our, in our spare time. That, that's, that's, and that's the kind of stuff that my parents did for me. LA is such a mixed city, and it, it's not, it's not a um, long word, homogeneous, 
monocultural homogeneous 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 that sounds like a harry potter spell <laughs> homogeneous um, <laughs> and everyone at hogwarts turns white <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, there's not a lot of homogeny in Los Angeles. You know, people who who live there. I mean, there there are ghettos and there are neighborhoods. There's Koreatown and, and Little Tokyo and stuff. But day to day, people mix a lot. But like my first year of college in Ohio, that was different. Uh, also, I went back to Ohio once to do a year of software engineering for a company, and that was different as well. Um, just because it's more homogenous. And, and yes, I understand that there are other ethnic groups in Ohio or in Cleveland. I'll be specific to Cleveland. But they don't mix unless we're required to buy like work or something. Um, you have the suburbs where you have the white people. You have downtown where you have the black people. And you have the other side of the Carnegie Bridge where you have the Puerto Rican people. And the the Puerto Ricans and the blacks do kind of get along and mix socially somewhat, but it's still kind of, that's a black guy, that's a Puerto Rican guy, that's a white guy. And if they look at you and they don't know what you are just by looking at you, they're not used to that. My whole Ohio African-American family, dark, dark black. My cousin took me to a party over on the other side of the Carnegie Bridge that one of his Puerto Rican friends was holding. And I go, we go to the party, I go in, I'm kind of left by myself because I don't know anyone and um, I'm kind of uncomfortable at that point. And after a little while, a, a cute girl walks up to me and she asks me, oh, so you're, you're Rich's, you're, you're uh, Richie's cousin, Rich's cousin. Yeah, where are you from? I'm from the LA area. Okay, and she turns and she walks away. And a few minutes later, she comes back and she asks me, uh, so what's your job? Oh, I, I'm a software engineer. I, I write code. Goes, oh, okay, that's interesting. She turns around and walks away. And she does this a few times. And um, I, I realize at one point that she's walking back after each question and, and chatting with a number of other girls in the corner. I'm like, oh, this is good news. Maybe one of them likes me. And she's just asking her friend to go ask me questions because she wants to see if I'm, I'm single and I'm available. Okay, cool. This is, this is cool. And so I, I kind of play along. And, and at one point, she comes up to me and she says, well, what kind of music do you listen to? Go, well, I don't know. I, I kind of like 80s kind of Brit invasion stuff and punk and, and ooh, I'm really into that new Smashing Pumpkins album. Um, and she turns, she goes, okay, okay. She turns around and at the top of her voice, she yells, okay, I think he's a white guy. <laughs> Okay, so there was a period of time after I left LA, or after I left Ohio and came back to LA where I was kind of aimless. I, I, was, I, I worked at um, Eddie Bauer in a shopping center and uh, in the same parking lot as the shopping center was a, a bowling alley and I would hang out at the bowling alley and play video games. And I made friends with other people who hung out at the bowling alley and played video games. Most of them, I found out later, were kind of like meth heads and, and didn't have jobs and just really literally were at the bowling alley 24-7. I just hung out with them and played Mortal Kombat. Um, so one day, we're all sitting down and just talking over cigarettes and, and soda or something. And um, 
one of them starts telling me about a game he's been playing about World War II Germany. And so I'm like, oh, yeah, uh, I, I've got a cool game like that, too. It's called uh, Castle Wolfenstein, which is, this is way back. Sorry. For those who don't know, Castle Wolfenstein was the first 3D shooter game. Um, I happened to play, uh, play it on, I believe, a 38666 computer. <laughs> um, and I start describing it to him. He's like, oh, yeah, this is, and he starts describing his game, the game that he's been playing to me. And I realize at some point that it's a game in which you play a Nazi going around shooting Jews. And I soon realize after that that he's a neo-Nazi. I, I look at his, his haircut, I'm like, oh, you're a skinhead. And he thinks that I'm a white guy. <laughs> so yeah, I, I guess there's, it's, it's that, I guess he wanted to think that I was. If your, your skin color is ambiguous, they assume what they want you to be or what they, they think you should be. Um, the other thing, maybe because my parents divorced when I was younger, maybe I'm just, my mannerisms are just like that, but quite, not a lot. A few times I've been, uh, maybe because I joined the LGBTU in my first year of college and I, I was an escort, not that kind of escort, a campus escort helping, because this was Ohio and they really, there needed to be someone helping friends that were gay get from class to class safely or class to their dorms safely. Um, and then later if they wanted to pay me for, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, this happened in Ohio. And again, this happened, this is because of the way uh, the culture is there. I stopped off at a gas station on my way home. And there's a cute girl again at the front counter. And um, there's a guy kind of like sitting in the back where the, the monitors and stuff are. And the cute girl starts asking me questions and I'm answering them, just normal stuff. Um, then she asked me if I want to go to a party later. I'm like, yeah, that's sure, I'd love to go to a party later. Um, she gives me the address, I say, okay, I'll, I'll see you there. She goes, yeah, okay, I'll see you there. And I go to the party and I see the girl and we start dancing and then slowly she moves away and her friend that was sitting in the back kind of moves in. And I'm like, okay, this is weird. And then he starts talking and he asks me where I'm from. I say, oh, I'm from LA. He goes, oh, that must be like the promised land. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. And I stopped dancing. I'm like, I'm sorry, but you know, I'm, 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 I'm not gay, but that's okay we can still dance and we danced for a bit and then I kind of left because I was feeling uncomfortable. Um, no, no judgment on him, I was just uncomfortable. <laughs> After my first year of college, I ended up going back to California to state school. Um, and so I was spending some time at my dad's home and at some point he called me into the kitchen, sat me down and I, I, I remember my stepmom was standing in the corner of the kitchen, just kind of her head covering her face and just shaking her head and her head down like this, just like, like she was embarrassed. Uh, my dad sat me down and he said, okay, uh, Brian, I need to talk to you. I need you to be straight with me. You can be honest. It, it's okay. You can tell, you can, don't have to hide anything. I'm, I understand. Um, but first I need to tell you something. You're 18 years old, I'm worried about you. I said, well, why are you worried? Because you're 18 and you should be going out 
having sex with everything in sight. You know, when I was 18, I, I had girl, girlfriends left and right. I guess until I started going to school in California again, I was not very social. I was very awkward. Um, he said, are you gay? You can be honest. You can tell me if you're gay, it's okay. And it's, no, dad, I just, I'm just awkward. <laughs> sorry. But I, I feel sorry for my stepmom. She was just, she was just embarrassed. <laughs> To some people, I'm 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 a homosexual. To other people, I'm a skinhead. <laughs> wow. <laughs> this was a friend who told me that a Caucasian woman. She just found out that I'm mixed black and white. She had assumed that I was either mixed Chinese or Aboriginal. Um. But so it's it's not it, like it's not just she had assumed such because she lives in Taiwan and I'm dark skinned and and again put her and myself in a different place in America in a different neighborhood and she would have assumed that was something else which was kind of my point but um I just got started kind of making jokes about how with my my other friend about how people how I'm used to people skirting around the question or not being wanted to ask. Things like, uh, oh, do you play basketball? What kind of music do you listen to? Do you have rhythm? How big is your penis? Those kind of just, you know, just facetious jokes. Not, not, these are things that people really ask, but just taking things and making them parody. You know, besides the, um, the way you look into wine, there's a strong cultural component between your, the language and the ethnicity. Whereas, where in America, everyone, doesn't matter what ethnicity you are, it's assumed that you speak English. Because there isn't that direct connection between the language and the ethnicity. In Taiwan, it's the complete opposite. It's assumed that you can't speak or you don't speak Chinese or Taiwanese unless you are Chinese or Taiwanese. And I have a lot of um, ABC friends who this is their primary issue, where they don't speak Chinese and they're often looked down upon because they're ethnically Chinese or Taiwanese, but don't speak the language. Um, for me, I, 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 I speak the language well enough to not get cheated by taxi drivers and to curse at them when they do try and, and cheat me or to get and to get along with my mother-in-law and all the other important things you need to do. Because of my kind of ambiguous, more or less ambiguous um, skin color, it's often assumed that when I do speak Chinese, people think that I'm mixed somehow with Taiwanese Aboriginal or Chinese. Usually it's Taiwanese Aboriginal just because I'm, I'm big boned and Taiwanese people tend to be um, uh, pleasantly plump. And, and, and because my skin's darker than what Chinese people would like their skin to be, it's, it's often assumed that I'm, I'm somehow Aboriginal or mixed Aboriginal, even though I'm like six foot two, that kind of passes over them. Um, so yeah, I, I was in the back seat of a taxi once, and um, I told the taxi driver where I'm going, and there's, he looks in the, the rearview mirror at me, says, okay, he drives off, looks at the rearview mirror again, but basically every time he hits a stoplight or a pause, he'll look back at me, and at some point, he breaks the silence and, and asks me if I'm going to visit family. I say, no, no, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, 
I live, I live in Taiwan. He goes, oh, what, what, uh, what tribe do you belong to? And <laughs> what do you mean tribe? As well, are you a Taiyel? Are you Ame? Where's your family from? Hualien, Wulai? No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm from Los Angeles. I'm not Taiwanese at all. He goes, are you sure? It's like, no, no, I'm not. How do you speak? Because I live in Taiwan and I have to function in Taiwan and I'm not one of those, those dicks that think that everyone needs to speak English because I live in Taiwan, I, I learned to speak the language. Thinks, oh, okay. It's a different experience being ambiguously skinned in, in the US than it is being ambiguously skinned in Taiwan. I guess you can, yeah, that's, you can mark that down as a cultural difference. Oh, here's another one. Again, this happened in Taiwan and would have been different in a different place, but it involves Midwestern white people, like 14, 15 years ago, before my kids. There's a Mongolian barbecue place up near Guangfu South and Xinyi, maybe. And I was with my wife and my sister-in-law, we were eating, and a chubby, I, I call them Midwestern just because they were, it was summer, they were very pale and their red splotch skin. So I kind of figured they were probably Midwestern and not from like Florida or LA, California or something where they'd be more used to the heat. And they looked kind of lost in what they were doing. And so I helped them deal with getting their food and sitting down and stuff like that because that's what I do. I just see people and help, I help. As we were leaving, she turned to me and very, very slowly, as if I wasn't going to understand her, you speak English very well. I'm like, what the hell, lady? Are you kidding me? So you know that there was this very thick filter between my behavior and what she assumed that I was, you know? Um, but again, if I have, I didn't take that, I wasn't offended by that. I thought that was hilarious. I just, I, that, I laughed about that for like a good week. So it, it's, it's, yeah, it's how you, it's, it's the perspective you take. I can't imagine myself being offended by everything. How just, I mean, how do you live like that? It's, it's better to take humor in everything than, than be offended by it. This has been Brian, my middle name stands for the prison San Quentin, Webb. Thank you for listening. Um, obnoxious, insensitive, helpful. Right now we're listening to Kintsugi from Jazar. Earlier in this episode, we also heard the Pharaoh's theme from Pharaoh's, Suit and Tie by the Monitors, and These Fair Hands, I'll Be Everything, and Mississippi Turnaround from Nick Jaina. Um, kind. You know who's kind? Andrew and Caroline. They've donated to help support the show. How? By going to www.patreon.com slash identityconversations. And you can too. You can be kind. Annoying. You know what's annoying? When people tell me they like the show and then don't write a review or share it with their friends. Like, for example, I like cookies. So I tell people I like cookies and I also share my cookies with my friends. 
Okay, so that is a lie. I do not share my cookies with my friends. I want to eat them all. But this podcast is not a cookie, right? Cookies are consumable. This podcast is not. Everyone on the planet could listen to this podcast and it would not disappear. It's an unlimited resource. So please share away. Fatherly. Happy. There you go. And there you go, faithful listener. Go forth and be happy.